Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report Podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host, Brian Mosey. Brian, I know you're feeling a little bit under the weather. You went on vacation, you came back, found out you have COVID, so you couldn't cover state baseball like I know you wanted to, but it seems like you're still hanging in there. Yeah, it was it was tough. Uh, I, I came back and felt like crap, and then afterwards I'm like, I'll take a test. Came back negative on Monday, and then Tuesday morning came back positive. I'm like, well, can't go out to the state tournament. So um, so I watched them on live stream and was able to at least see the game in a sense. But, uh, but yeah, no, we're, we're hanging in there. But if you hear a mild cough every so often, it's just me trying to, you know, get all the stuff out of me. So Yeah, and we, we're doing this over um... – over zoom again just because we can't meet in the office because of that to do it like we have been recently so um if it sounds any bit different this week that's the reason but we're going to be rolling through kind of um finishing up our state tournament coverage since we've had um you know basically every state tournament happened since we last podcasted um last wednesday so we're going to catch you up on all of those tournaments how our teams finished up their seasons and then um after we run through that we'll talk about at the end of the show, a little about what the direction is going to look like the next couple weeks and over the summer before um, we get into the next sports season already coming up. So um, we'll start with track and field today since um, that's where I was out at two days. I was there Friday and Saturday. Dave joined me on Friday and then I um, was there by myself on Saturday and we had a ton of, um, you know, competitors in a lot of different classes. Um, a lot of people seated high and a lot ended up um, you know, placing really well and bringing home a couple state championships. Brian, you know, as someone that was kind of following along the coverage, I know you weren't there. Where, where do you think we should start? What What do you think people should know about? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess kind of those people, I know when we went out to all the different section meets, um, you know, there's some people that you obviously know who, who are going to possibly take over that um, title spot or whatever. You know, the Hope Schulers, the CC Woods, you know, all those different types of people. But I guess maybe just kind of go through the list of some of those people that are kind of the leaders of these different teams, as well as maybe some surprises that kind of caught your eye a little bit while you were there for the last couple of days. Yeah, probably where to start would be um, the Cathedral Boys Relay team. Since they came in, um, the Boys 4x8 team had, I think they were seated second, but they had also had a much faster time during the regular season. So I knew they kind of had a chance for a state title. And then the 4 by 4 team was also um, a section title winner, but they weren't seated as high. I think they are maybe like third or fourth, and they were third in prelims. So I knew they kind of had a shot, but the 4 by 8 team starts out um, that final, um, the, sec- the Class A finals on, that was Friday evening when they had it. They had prelims on the prior day. So on Friday evening, they start out, and um, they just dominated from the jump from the first leg with Turner Shad, who finished third in the two mile on Thursday. He comes back the next day, runs the first leg, puts them in the lead, and they maintain um, the lead throughout every leg. Ben Fromel, uh, Max Tomzik, and then Henry Abel br- brought it home, too. And it was especially big for him because I remember when we were at the meet last year when they finished, um, I think they were fifth or sixth in Class A last year. Henry, he got the baton and he made up some spots, but then he... Um, that second lap around really just kind of faded and died because he put so much into that first lap to try to catch up to first. So for this year to him to take it in first and then finish in first too, um, they broke their own school records uh, that they set earlier in April. So 
um, which was the fastest time ever for Cathedral. I think it was an 807. Um, in this one, 808 is what they ran earlier this year. So they set the record. They led the whole way. It was a, just a a really dominant performance by them and really cool to see them accomplish that after um, coming up a bit short from where they thought they could have last year. So they're able to do that. And then that was, you know, the first boys event of the day. The last boys event today was the four by four, which um, Ben and Henry were both in as well. They ran legs on that too with um, Emmanuel Kutsera and Jacob Eikhoff. And then they also set a school record and that one also took first um, and really capped off the day in a great way too. So those were really great to see, um, not only to to win two state titles, set two school records, um, and bring a lot of success to that program that I know they put a lot of time and effort into those relays, giving them practice throughout the year, setting them up so they'll be at their best for the state meet. Um, and everything went to plan, so that was really cool to see. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. I know that's been a topic of ours for the last couple of weeks was how these relays going to do. And obviously stepped up when the time was needed to to be able to get that first place spot but so big kudos to the boys relays teams for those um really cool accomplishment there along with that um i know hope Schuler was kind of the big name heading into the girls side of things um for cathedral um she was able to um finish fourth in the 200 meter run um, but then was able to get that state championship um in the 100 meter girls run um, so I know that was something that she kind of kept her eyes on and was very excited about getting back to that and being able to compete for that state title. Just talk about kind of the girls' side of things for that Class A, um, what you saw from from that side at least. Yeah, that was the big one was her being able to win that. She ran a 12-4-2 um, in the final that she won. She won by .06 seconds, which is you know, kind of standard for the 100, but still really close. So when she kind of crossed the finish line, it seemed like, you know, she said she was like 99% sure, but she wanted to make sure before she celebrated that she had actually won it. And kind of there's at St. Michael Albertville where the state meet was, there's a giant, you know, video board over in the corner. So literally from the time she crossed, she was just staring at it, staring at it, waiting for it to flash. And finally it did flash first and then she kind of celebrated. So it was cool to see her get that. She also set, um, reset her own school record in the event in the prelim she ran a 12 8 which was um, her fastest ever so you know kudos to her for that as well and yeah i know she just felt really accomplished to finally have kind of that championship medal she also besides finishing fourth in the 200 she also helped the four by two relay team finish um in fourth place too which all those points she helped there was a big part of cathedral finishing a uh, sixth overall um in team standings too for the class a meet so yeah, great, great performance by her individually. And then also um, to cap off her season that way, finishing on the podium in, in three events is a big deal. Yeah, and kind of transitioning into 2A, um, there was a couple finals that that happened on that Friday night um, for Class 2A. Um, Apollo's Noelle Hackenmuller, she finished third in the girls' long jump. Um, some top 10, top five finishes for um, a lot of these individuals a lot of six places for um recorys vincent Caluza in the 30 3200 meter um sixth place for john kayser in the shot put for for him as well as tyler hansen from apollo in the triple jump um but the big name that kind of we were kind of looking at trying to figure out if she could actually finish on top um olivia gable just talk about kind of her run and what you saw from that um particular performance 
Yeah, she began the meet off. Um, those class 2A prelims kind of happened throughout um, that early Friday morning and then into the afternoon. And, you know, 9 a.m. sharp was the first event and she started it off really well. It was, you know, she took off from the gun by the first 100 meters in the two miles. She was leading the race and um, she never gave up that lead the entire race. There was one time on the final lap where um, the girl that finished in second from Highland Park, she kind of got right on her shoulder and it looked like she might be able to um, pass her. She was kind of going stride for stride with her. But, you know, Olivia didn't let that happen. And there's times in the past where she said on those kind of final laps, she hasn't had that kick at the end or um, she struggled when it got tough in a race like that. But instead, she was able to come out on top with um, a personal best in the two mile of 1034 um, to win her first state title. And this comes after, you know, she was fourth in the mile last year, second at state cross country. Um, so she'd been in those big races, but hadn't been able to stand at the top of the podium. And this time she, yeah, she you know, didn't let anyone ever get around here, didn't put it in doubt um, and, and let all eight laps to win the race. So it was cool to see her accomplish that, too. That was something she's been shooting for for a while. And she's only a sophomore. So we're also going to, you know, be seeing a lot more of her over the years, too. But, you know, a great kind of stepping stone to try to defend that title next year. Yeah, I always look forward to seeing Olivia, whether that's on the cross country, you know, courses or on the track during the springtime. It's always fun to see her because um, she's just a whole different type of athlete. I mean, she just has that drive and tenacity to, you know, be able to just keep pushing her limits to be able to be the best runner that she can be. So um, big kudos to her for um, being able to finish off first in, in that particular event. And then lastly, I mean, on Saturday, you were able to go out there again and um, uh, some other Class 2A finals that happened that day. Um, some other, you know, top five finishes. Libby Lomo um, from Apollo, she finished fifth in the pole vault. Um, Garrison Murray from Tech finished third in the high jump. Um, Brianna Schreiner, um, she finished fourth for Ricori in the shot put. Um, and then kind of the big name heading into this particular day was um cc woods just you know three different events that she was competing at um and i know for you you were able to watch her and she was kind of a name that all of us were kind of expecting to do well um just talk about kind of her performance over um those three different events yeah you know she came in um she set the school record in the 100 hurdles i think four, three four different times throughout the year just kind of crazy times and was seated you know right at the top you know, top two in both 100 hurdles and 300 hurdles. So, you know, and then on um, Friday during the prelim, she was, uh, I believe she was first in both. So we kind of knew coming in that she had a good shot, possibly at two state titles. And, you know, surely she wanted to bring home um, at least one. So she comes in the number one seed. And then the first event of the day, the 100 hurdles, she has a good race, but not the best start, um, not her best time of the year. And she ends up getting beaten um, at the line by a hurdler from Jordan. So she takes second. Um, and that was the event I kind of expected her more than the 300 to win because that was the event that last year she also qualified in in the 100. She finished on the podium um, back then as a sophomore. So as a junior, you kind of expected her to win that one, but um, she ended up losing by a bit at the finish line. So I know that kind of motivated her a lot to come back and even perform better in the 300 hurdles. And she did come back. She took first place in that event too, and she dropped a ton of time in that event she'd been running kind of in the um you know 45 second range most of the year and then she dropped down um to 44 seconds the first time 
on Friday at the prelims, then she dropped a whole nother second down into the 43 seconds um, in this final. And that's not something that's easy to do by any means in a race like the 300 hurdle. So dropping that much time just kind of shows how much having good competition, you know, pushing yourself in a, a big time meet really improves your time at the end of the season. So she was able to take first in that event. Um, the hurdler from Jordan actually finished second in that event. So they each kind of traded first and seconds um, throughout the afternoon in class 2A. So um, that was really cool to see. It was the first time a record girl had won a state title since her coach, um, Aaron Hulls, who still holds the record. She won the 300 hurdles title as well uh, back in 2014. So it'd been eight years. And then Aaron was also one of the first ones to, you know, kind of congratulate her after she won that title too. So there's a cool story there. And just to see her um, make huge strides this year, she's going to be coming back next year. I'm sure wanting to win both of those hurdles titles, um, still chasing that 300 um, school record as well. Cause even though CC dropped a bunch of time, she's still a little bit off of um, Aaron's record in the 42. So she's still about um, a second off of that or so that she'll I'm sure be chasing next year, but it was really cool to see her accomplish those goals. And then she also right after winning that state title, she also raced in the finals of the 200 um, and finished sixth. And even in the prelims on Friday ran um, her career best time to dropped a bunch of time in that event too. So a really great um, two days of performances for CC um, to kind of cap off her junior year. Yeah, it's kind of like that passing the torch in a sense, you know, Aaron being able to see CC, you know, win that state title and being able to kind of pass that torch for the future of Recorded Girls track. And I think that's really cool. So um, definitely, if you haven't had a chance yet, um, make sure to go back to the weekend and uh, look at some of Zach's photos and as well as Dave's photos from Friday night, as well as the stories, because um, just a lot of different cool angles, cool stories um throughout this entire time um and a lot of different people that won which is really cool i mean obviously that's the goal when you start off the season and being able to see it come full circle and being able to win um kind of a cool cool opportunity there lastly um to kind of wrap up track and field um class 3a state finals uh sartell's logan logan clark he finished ninth in the 110 hurdles so um I guess anything else to add from your track and field time over the last couple of days or should we move on to baseball? Um, yeah, just one or two things to hit before we wrap up. Um, I think I mentioned earlier, but Turner Shad was third in the two mile as well. It was the best finish for any cathedral athlete since 2014. Um, he, and then, you know, led that relay that I mentioned. So he had a really good performance. Um, a couple other top three finishers earlier in the weekend um, was, Olivia Pauly from St. John's Prep. She was third in the mile in Class A. And then um, Noelle Hackenmuller, like you said, was third in the um, Class 2A long jump. That was actually the highest finish for any Apollo female athlete since um, 1999 at state. And it tied the highest finish since 1982. So, you know, making history in a pretty crazy way there, ending kind of a long drought of those top finishes. So, um, just wanted to shout out both of them too. But yeah, it was another great time at St. Michael Albertville. That was the second year they've hosted the meet after the first time last year. Um, ran really smoothly again and kind of hoping it's it's there to stay because it was a lot of fun and just a really good setup again this year. So um, I'll, you know, we'll did the last um, earlier this week, updated the last honor roll of kind of the, you know, the top times. And then we'll have all metros coming up. But yeah, 
really successful year on um, the track for a lot of athletes. Yeah, I also I also agree that St. Michael also has a very nice setup there for future state state meets. So hopefully it stays there because it's a it's a nice venue with a lot of parking and a lot of you know just everything is good there. So it'd be nice to see that stay there. But yeah, other than that, I think transitioning to baseball. Yeah, no, I'll, we have you know a team that was the team that ended up going the deepest is one that did not look that way a couple weeks prior, you know, Sartell, they end their regular season 10 and 10. Um, I think they started the year three and seven. And then um, to not only go through that, you know, they go on the road three straight times in sections, uh, beat the one seed, the two seed, the three seed. And then last Thursday, I got to see them in the section championship game against the number two seed again against Rogers. And they just took care of business again. Like it was nothing. They win nine to one. They advanced to state for the second straight year, first time jumping up to Class 4A. Um, I, this was just a really cool story to to see develop through the last few weeks. Yeah, no, I mean, like you said, they got kind of on a hot streak during the middle of the season, and after they hit that hot streak, they never let go. I mean, it was it, it was kind of fun to see because during the regular season, you're seeing them, you know, win here, win there, win there, win there, and all of a sudden you kind of look at it and you're like, wow, they've they've added a few wins to their their um, record and you know, being able to see them beat, you know, number three Elk River in the first round, then beat number two Rogers in the second round, then have to beat the number one seed in the semifinal and then have to come back and beat the number two seed again, Rogers. I mean, it was not an easy task to get to um, to the state tournament. And they were able to use not only really good pitching, which they've been able to have over the course of this entire section tournament, but also their offense has just been producing like crazy. I mean, you have Cade Lewis that's been hitting home runs basically every single time that he gets up to bat almost. And then you have just such a deep lineup with, you know, Blake House and Steven Brinkerhoff and Austin Hendricks and, you know, all these different guys that are, you know, part of this team that has been a part of this team for a while. You could definitely tell that they just gelled really well together. Um, and so, like you said, was able to get that 9-1 to win in, in the section – championship game um went over and played number two Stillwater on tuesday um had a little bit of a rough outing there um just in the sense of they scored three runs at the very beginning um was up ahead and honestly looked really good they they got the bats going right away and i was kind of something that they were hoping to do right away because you, you get a little bit of off balance for the for the top team and then Stillwater came back in the to bottom of the first and added six runs on to their total. Um, and it was just kind of like, oh, okay. So kind of your momentum shift kind of switched really quickly. Um, but Sartell battled. I mean, they, they were able to get a run in the third inning. They were able to get a run in the sixth inning, um, make it 6-5 as they went into the final inning and just wasn't able to get that last run to tie the game up. And Stillwater was able to win. But um, they were able to come back. They beat number three Andover in the Constellation semifinals. They lost to Park in the Constellation Championship, so um, unfortunately no hardware to bring over to Sartell, but a really good season for them just in the sense of, you know, like like I was saying before, just catching on to that hot streak and really owning that hot streak as you got closer into the section tournament. And it's just funny how, you know, hot teams can really change the dynamic. I mean, you could be a one seed, you could be a seven seed, and if you're – if you're rolling, you're rolling, and that's that's exactly what Sartell kind of showed. But especially just being a 
you know, having to move up to 4A this year, not really knowing what your competition is going to be like, really, because um, you've been playing a lot of 3A teams for most of your entire time. I mean, just being able to get to not only the state tournament, but just being able to beat some of these top-tier teams in your section, I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. And I think it'll just help with momentum as they get ready for next year and trying to make it a three-peat as they try to get to the state tournament for a third straight year. Yeah, I think a big thing for them was just proving that they did belong at that level too, was I think they felt really accomplished with, you know, making that jump up. And even though the regular season didn't go their way, injuries didn't really go their way a little bit throughout the year. Um, it, it it really came together when they needed to. Their defense stepped up huge. Their hitting was one through nine. They could count on throughout that run. Like you said, pitching was basically every starting outing was locked down. Even, you know, Jalen Vorpal, when he pitched that section final game, he'd already faced Rodgers twice this year. Not often are you probably going to pitch someone a third time because you know they're going to know your stuff, but he still was able to get the job done and, you know, put them in a great position to win that game. I mean, just top to bottom, they had it going throughout that run. And yeah, I feel, I know they felt really accomplished by doing it again, getting back to that stage, even, you know, didn't go probably the way they would have liked that state, but they still win at least one game. They're competitive in a couple, um, proving that they're a team to be reckoned with, a team that's not only dangerous in the section, but also you have to watch out on it at kind of the state stage. So yeah, they did a lot of good stuff this year. And they bring back a couple of those pieces in the lineup too, a couple of juniors that'll be big going into next year. So I think, you know, they're they're pretty set to be competitive again in, in 2023. Absolutely. And then the other team that you went and saw um, that didn't end up the way that I, I think you and I were kind of hoping, but um, number four, Albany, was playing number three, Wadena Deer Creek, in the section championship game. Albany being in the winner's bracket only had to win one of the two games, but um, and beat Wadena Deer Creek earlier in the in the section tournament, but unfortunately just wasn't able to uh, cap off that win um, and lost two straight. Maybe just talk about kind of what you saw from those two games on that uh, Thursday night. Yeah, I'm starting to think when I go and see Albany in a a big game at uh, the MAC, it's just not a good recipe because last year I went to their state quarterfinal game. And they just kind of couldn't get the bats ever going um, and lost two to nothing, I believe it was. And then this year it was um, kind of similar. Just they just kind of couldn't string together hits at the right time. Um, and then errors were the big thing that kind of hurt them in this one. Cause like, you know, they, they beat like you said, the number three seed Wadena Deer Creek, they beat them seven to three on Monday. And then when you see they're the ones they're going to have to face that came out of the, you know, um, elimination bracket you expect okay they probably got this or you know there's no way they're gonna beat them on monday and lose twice to them on thursday but that's exactly what happened where they lose eight to two and two to nothing and you know you only get two runs combined in those two games game one two especially they had five errors two errors on the first two plays of the game um and you know they did fight back and kept it the eight to two is a little deceiving because i think it was uh wadina added five in the last inning that they were up to bat so it was really close and they'd hit a home run to separate it, make it that um, I think they went up three to one at one point. So yeah, it was just tough to see that they just kind of Albany, these, you know, the hits didn't come at the right time. And then those errors piled up, like I said, to really hurt them. They were a bit more um, managed in game two. That's why it was so close two to nothing, even in the last inning, you know, they had, they got someone on base. There were opportunities there. Um, it just, 
never really came together. But, you know, Caden Sand was someone that really impressed me. He hit a couple big, he had a triple in that game one that he ended up um, being brought home on. He got a couple hits in both games when, um, when it didn't seem like anyone was able to get on base. He kind of did in some tough spots. But in the end, it just, it just wasn't enough. And it's tough. But the Albany, Albany they end their season 19 and seven. Um, but yeah, to, you know, I'm sure that's going to hurt after they got back last year and they were right on the verge of that again. I know that's going to be motivation for next year, but um, tough way to end the year dropping too like that. Yeah, no, I know that. I know that for Albany and Cathedral, or and Sartell, they both have kind of um, different guys that are going to be kind of showing up next year for the junior class. That's going to be the senior class. And um, I know for Sartell, they have a lot of pitching coming back, you know, with Tory Lund and then um, and then you also have you know Tyler Phelps Hemish. Um, you have a bunch of different guys that are on the mound that can really command that that space. And then you know with Albany, the thing is is they had a lot of seniors last year. The junior class kind of steps up and now is the senior class this year and is kind of taking over. And now next year Al's going to be looking at the same junior class this past year kind of step up and be those seniors the next year so um definitely two programs that i would keep my eye on as we head into the 2023 season because there's a lot of possibilities for those two teams as they get ready for another season of uh of baseball so yeah a lot a lot of good things there um even though you know no state title obviously is what you search for at the end of the year but still a lot of good things to take away through some pretty successful seasons. So yeah, I think that'll about wrap it up for the first part of the show. When we come back, we're going to talk about um, the rest of the state tournaments that went down. We had some softball teams, uh, tennis, and um, a couple individual golfers too. So uh, we'll fill you in on those and look ahead to the rest of the summer. But first, we're going to take a quick break. And welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Like we mentioned, just going to fill you in on the rest of the state tournaments, how some local athletes and teams did at those. Uh, I think we'll kick it off with softball since that was already, goodness, that was already last Thursday at this point, almost a full week. But uh, we had two teams down there, Ricori and Cathedral, both uh, qualified that we talked about, I think, on the last show a bit, but did not go as well for them um, on the state stage. They both uh, lost their quarterfinal game and then lost their consolation semifinal game. So they both went 0-2 um, at state for Cathedral. They lost 4-1 to to number four seed Maple Lake in the first game, um, even though they were able to they were able to get on the board first, top of the first inning two, and then um, just weren't able to put enough hits together through that one um, as well. They only totaled five hits in the game, um, and Maple Lake added some key runs in the fifth inning to get that win. Um, and then... They came back, they competed well in their consolation game, but lost a tight game, uh, five to four to Pipestone. In that one, the big factor was the errors. The Crusaders had five errors in that game after having zero errors um, in the first game. So it was tough to see them, you know, kind of end their year in that way, but it still was their first trip to state in 36 years, a really impressive year um, in finishing the season 24 and four, nothing to, to hang your head about despite how it finished up. Yeah, for sure. And 
I know these two teams, they, they have a lot of, I mean, I know Cathedral kind of has a good core of seniors that are graduating, but still has plenty of eighth graders and sophomores that are going to be kind of stepping up into some big roles and doesn't seem like Cathedral is going to be far away from going back to state um, in the future. So um, be interested to see kind of how all that all unfolds. But otherwise, in the other side of things, um, for tennis, um, the only state thing that was happening for tennis was uh, St. Cloud's Michael Plumbon. He went up against Lakeville South's Jackson Meyer, lost 6-0, dropped him into the consolation first round um, for singles play, and um, went up against Minnetonka's Nathan Keese, um, and he lost 6-4, 6-1. So his season kind of came to an end, but um, we'll be returning next year. So, you know, be interested to kind of see how he does um, as he gets ready for next season um, as the number one player for um, St. Cloud next year. So, And then lastly, um, the only other state thing that was going on was golf. Um, a handful of golfers made it to the state tournament this past week um, and were playing yesterday and as well as Tuesday. Um, Carson Andel, he finished tied for 64th for Sartell with 163 over two days in Class 3A for boys. In Class 2A for boys, um, Leo Warshe from Cathedral finished tied for 18th with 155. Zach Cruiser from Albany finished tied for 41st with 162. Um, Blake Silbernick um, from Albany did not play. He was, I guess, not feeling uh, 100% um, health-wise and with the, just how hot the heat indexes were over the last couple of days, they didn't really want to risk it. And then lastly, on the girls' side, for Class 2A, um, Abby Thielen from Albany finished tied for 25th with 132. And Caitlin Lahr from Albany, um, she finished with a, tied for 60th with 147. So um, some good rounds by all of them and um, some good ways to end the season. I know a handful of these guys are going to be coming back next year. Um, you know, you have Carson Andel that's going to be coming back for Sartell, as well as Blake um, Silverneck. Um, he'll be returning as well. So lots of different uh, people that will possibly be coming back next year. And then I think with softball, the one thing I forgot to mention was Ricori scores at State. Um, they lost 9 nothing to number one seed Winona to start off in the quarterfinals. Um, Shelby Prom had two hits in that game and also threw all six innings uh, with eight strikeouts. And then in the consolation semifinals, they lost 10 to nothing to Benilde St. Margaret's to end their year uh, 14 and 10 overall. So, yeah, a lot of teams that appeared at state this week, a lot of different sports to keep track of. And it kind of feels weird now that with Sartell finishing up um, their consolation bracket yesterday in baseball, that it's done, that there's yep. there's no more high school sports until I think the first thing that I saw, at least football-wise, that last weekend in August, I know there might be a couple other, you know, soccer. I know tennis always starts a little early. But, yeah, it's not going to be till end of August that we have another high school sports event, which is kind of weird to think about. Yeah, so so you won't hear from us anymore. So we'll be we'll be back in August. <laughs> Good to hear from you guys. Um, <laughs> no, we, we have plenty of stuff coming your way this upcoming um, summer. The first things that are – all metros we're trying to get those done here in the next couple of weeks so be prepared to be seeing those in the paper here um next week and the following week and then after that it's kind of 
we have amateur baseball, we have the St. Cloud Rocks, we have a bunch of different triathlons and things like that. Um, we also have uh, some disc golf that's happening over in Clearwater at the new course over there. So a lot of different things that are happening around the area that um, we'll definitely be looking at um, for this upcoming um, summer as July kind of rolls around as well as August. Um, so you'll be seeing plenty of content from the sports side, but just not a, not as high school related anymore. It's more of, you know, stuff that's going on in the summertime, but maybe just kind of tell the audience kind of what you're, what we're thinking for, um, these next couple of weeks or these next couple months. Yeah. So next week, I don't think we'll be podcasting since there won't be much that has changed. I'm also going to be leaving for a couple of days, heading to a wedding, and then, um, we'll be kind of finishing the all metros at that point. But you know, the following week after that, the last week um, of this month in June, we'll be podcasting again on um, the 29th, probably that Wednesday, because then we'll have a couple of our all metros rolled out. So we'll kind of do like we have in past seasons. We kind of go through the first team, um, some of the standouts for about half the sports. And then um, we do a second podcast the next week. That'll be that first week in July um, that we'll talk. We'll kind of finish the other. I think we have is it nine for the spring? I think we have we split up. So one of us. Brian's doing five, I'm doing four. So um, we'll we'll wrap up those, kind of put a, a final bow on the high school season, the 20, you know, 2021, 22 sports calendar. Um, since we've had college done for a while too. So we'll finally be able to wrap that up and start to look ahead to the next year. And yeah, throughout the summer, we'll probably have, you know, I don't know if it'll be every week or it might be smaller shows. I know we're going to be kind of messing around with Twitter spaces a little bit too possibly for one or two podcasts to test that platform too. So um, trying some different things, but we'll be talking about some of those same things you mentioned, Brian, with, you know, town ball and the rocks and, you know, feature stories we work on projects we're doing. I know you have a project with, you know, kind of um, participation in different high school sports you're working on. I'm working on a project on soccer in central Minnesota. So we might talk about those at times. Um, You know, it won't be as structured as basically like we've been doing throughout the year where it's, kind of every week we talk about high school we talk about college what else we've been working on what we're going to it won't be that same same structure throughout the summer but um you know it'll be a little more interspersed but you can bet that once we start going to you know uh training camps for football again you know middle of august that we'll kind of get back to that same routine absolutely so make sure to stay tuned to sc times um there's also a lot of new stuff that's going to be happening that we're going to be helping out with with you know granite city days that's happening next week and different things like that that are going to be going on so make sure to check out sctimes.com for all the updates that are going to be going on over the summertime and um yeah i think that kind of wraps up the high school season for uh 2021 2022 yeah no it was it was a good season we had a lot of state participants some state champs um some great moments great stories all of that so um another fun year and ready to do it again once the fall rolls around. But I think we'll both appreciate this little break after kind of a hectic three, four weeks. But yeah, I think that'll about wrap up the show for today. So once again, thank you for tuning in to the SC Times Sports Report podcast, and we will see you again next time.